I'm Allie Gertz. And I'm Julia Prescott. And everything's, everything's coming up podcast. <laughs> I laugh every time. is brought to you by the National Grammar Rodeo at the Sheraton Hotel in Canada. <laughs> um, we're, of course, talking about Bart on the Road with the very lovely and talented D.C. Pearson. Welcome to the show. Namaste. <laughs> and that's it. You that. just yeah, yeah, yeah. And then I leave. That's my whole contribution. <laughs> oh, cool. He's like the most peaceful podcast guest in the world. Mm, the, the, the greatest podcast is the one we don't do. <laughs> Yeah, I, I actually might agree to that. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I'll just call it negative space. That's how I decline podcasts mm. now. <laughs> it's a Zen thing. Yeah, yeah. Uh, so you chose Bart on the Road. Can you I explain did. a little bit why you chose this episode? Well, I think I was choosing entirely on the basis of not even Lisa stories, but Lisa moments. Because mm-hmm. it wasn't until I was a grown up that I, and I think particularly like, I think I realized it before this point. Like maybe watching some of them on DVD, like as a grown up, some of the ones I loved growing up, but then particularly rewatching it when they had the FXX marathon and stuff. Um, that you, Lisa was is really my point of view character on The Simpsons. Mm-hmm. Um, and so the when Allie was like, "What episode do you want to do?" I was I looked up. I was like, "Whichever one has the one where she's <laughs> like, uh, um, my only friends are grown up nerds like Gore Vidal, and even he's kissed more boys than I ever will." And then Marge is like, "Girls, Lisa, boys kiss girls." So I was like, "That one, Allie." And Allie was like, "That one's already taken." And I was like, "Crap!" And so I was like, "What's my?" And then I realized that my actual favorite Simpsons moment that I think I quote maybe once a week, regardless of context, is where Lisa says, where um, Lisa goes, I like Langdon Alger. <laughs> yeah. And Homer says, I have no idea who that is. And she says, nobody does. He's very quiet and enjoys puzzles. <laughs> but that still doesn't mean you can tell anyone. Um, perfect, and so I, and then I And then wow. I looked up what episode that was, and I was like, oh, that's the road trip one. Oh, that's perfect. So yeah. let's, let's do that one. So, yeah, this is such a great episode. And then I was happy I picked it. Mm-hmm. Yeah, well, I think I could say pretty fairly that Julia is extremely excited. This we've we've had many episodes uh, so far, and this episode comes up the most. <laughs> well, because I went, because I winks. Went, I went to the Sun Sphere. <laughs> I've been to the Sun Sphere. There's a real Sun Sphere. Yeah, because I went on a tour <laughs> through the South, and I did a show in Knoxville. Um, my tour was called. I just really wanted to go to Dollywood, and, and Dollywood is really close to Knoxville, so I did a show there. And then they were like, you know, the Sun Sphere <gasps> is just like a mile away, and I went, what? Way to bury the lead. And they were like, don't get too excited. There's a really fratty bar in it. And so I went and they, yeah, there was a really fratty bar. I had bar. no idea the Sunsphere was a real thing. Did Was the World's Fair in Knoxville, Tennessee in 1982? I think so. I think so. Really? I didn't really research it. That's so amazing. I, I think I just like, I went there, went these chicks out, took like a couple photos right. and then left. Like there really wasn't anything for me there. But um, yeah, it, it felt like a cool, like, I'm close to the Simpsons in real life kind of moment. I had yeah. no idea that the, the Sun Sphere was real. That's yeah. phenomenal. I mean, Andy Williams, I assume, did do a lot of shows in Branson. Yeah. That feels right. real. Right. So the whole thing feels very lived. I think about that moment, especially, uh, especially, I think about that moment all the time, too. That Nelson eyes wide, captivated moment. Just that's sort of the picture I post whenever I, you know, say As like, like a reaction gift to yeah, something. Yeah, that's a reaction gift. Like I went to go see Hedwig by myself and was like, cool, I found a photo of me. And then I, when we went to go see Simpsons Take the Bull, 
all I did the same thing. I was like, oh yeah, that was me in the audience. Oh, fantastic! Yeah, I do always. That's a nut. That's maybe my second favorite moment in the episode, and easily one of my favorite Simpsons moments of all time. And I always think of just that particular snippet because I don't know the song Moon River really. Yeah. But I always, I do know very intimately that one part that he's singing with my Huckleberry friend. Moon River. I didn't think he was going to do Moon River, and then bang, the second encore. I love, I love that they wrote that into Nelson's character. Like right. he just loves Auntie Williams. Yeah, the, well, because so Nelson's beautiful. being so Nelson throughout the episode. Like they show all the other kids giving their like Bart you know concocted excuse for why they're gonna be gone on this road trip and then you see him just going out of his shack saying yeah. what does he say he's like i'm taking off for a while see you later or yeah, whatever right, like right. he's being so nelson throughout mm-hmm. and then and then just that weird quirk but it, no, it doesn't feel out of character like somehow they have the ability to right, do things right. that are so out of character for the characters yet feel so real somehow Mm -hmm. and it kind of justifies why nelson's hanging out with them in the first place because you know that seems just a little out of sorts because he's such a bully and i don't know and is so like apathetic about life that you know for him to care about something in that moment it plays in that it's so ludicrous compared to everything else that's going on in the episode ludicrous compared to how he is normally and it's just like all these levels that are working together i love when uh tv shows have the bully be friends with these kinds of nerd characters like Mm -hmm. you're talking about and i think the best example uh, outside of this episode is in Freaks and Geeks. Uh, yes, you, yeah. you have the bully character who desperately would like to be a part of this nerd culture but is too insecure right. and can't quite do it and he almost does but he just he's too afraid of how it's going to make him look mm-hmm. and I really like that in this version, you know, Nelson goes for it. He, yeah. He, yeah, I think there's a lot of really fun. interesting, like, social structure stuff happening with the with Bart's friends in this episode, like when they encounter Martin coming out of the bar, and he they say, like, we don't need you around nerding it. <laughs> We're going to have a great spring break, and we don't need you around nerding it up. Yeah. And then Mel said, well, then that job is right, taken. Right. Like, yeah, that's, that's something proud. I super identify with that I don't think I realized consciously I identified with as a kid, but looking back on it, definitely did as a kid. Like, like the idea of being like, and I will be the nerd that you <laughs> right. make fun of, and I'm a- actively embracing that role because oh, yeah. that means that I'm needed somehow. Yeah, absolutely, absolutely, and it, it's it's so funny, and it speaks to the fact that when you're a kid, you need like that kind of identifier, like you just crave it because otherwise, it's just chaos. Right. I remember hearing myself on tape like I hadn't heard myself on tape before when I was a kid and like getting like a fucking talk boy or whatever I'm showing my precise age by <laughs> referencing a talk boy and was it the Home Alone version? oh yeah yeah, oh, yeah, yeah. <laughs> but it wasn't but it didn't have this is still one of the weird like where I feel like I fell into a, a just a weird pocket of history where I did have the talk boy but I don't think it had the thing where it like made it sound like a, your grown-ups or right, like right. like the grown-ups were home or whatever like it had like, it didn't have like the <laughs> like the, the speed changing girl. switch you know like <laughs> yeah, as advertised yeah. in the commercial right and i felt very slighted by that i felt yeah. like maybe i got the wrong talk boy or something so if anybody else out there got the wrong <laughs> right. talk boy uh get at me on, on twitter i think i had the girl um, version the one oh really it's like pink and purple talk, talk girl talk girl talk girl was it called talk girl that sounds like a punk band yeah. Or it sounds like something that people would reply to any Rihanna tweet with now, like any <laughs> of her girl. stands being like, talk girl. Yeah, that's like the new yes queen. Yeah. <laughs> talk girl. That's really good. Um, but, uh, and I remember hearing my voice recorded and feeling like it was really nerdy sounding and then and then sort of justifying it in my head by being like, well, I think it sounds like how 
um, the Harold Ramis character sounds in Ghostbusters, and so therefore, or maybe even how he sounded in the cartoon, and therefore that's cool. Because I was like, I want to be like the nerdy character. I want to be the Donatello or the Harold Ramis character in Ghostbusters. And sort of, sort of putting that on yourself mm-hmm. at a young age, I find very, I don't know, I guess that's why you, and most of us, I feel like, probably super identify with a, a Millhouse. Oh, definitely. Yeah. Well, yeah, I mean, like, they're the nerdy character, but they're a character. You right. Know. Yes. Exactly. <laughs> they they appear. They're they're mm-hmm. in it and they're important and you need to in the group to level them up. They can't all be Bart. And it's yeah. fun to see th- them assume that Millhouse is having a terrible time at the Cracker Factory, and instead it's one of my favorite moments. The of best. The it's so good. Well, before we get too deep into sure. the episode, um, should we like read? We normally read like the first paragraph Fantastic. of the synopses. Do it. Um, and <laughs> I, I always say this feels the most like school. Um, Principal Skinner miscalculates the departure date for his travel plans to Hong Kong and invents "Go to work with your parents <laughs> day," um, which is kind of a thing. Did you guys do that? Like a, like, yeah, like a, yeah, I feel like, like that shadow. was particularly a like. I think it it was kind of a '90s phenomenon. Yeah, like it, it emerged in the '90s, like a go to work with your parents day. I did that yeah. like several years in a row. I had already seen the workplace. My and you know what? I think it might have been out. a weird like. Um, you know, I think it might have been a weird like. Uh, guys like co-opting a thing that was largely meant for girls because i feel like there was yeah, take your daughter right. to work day i feel like in a like show you know like try to break like that stereotypes were, about women in the workplace in the and world, stuff yeah. and then i feel like then there was a weird like you know hashtag right. men too kind of a thing that happened where it was like then it became take your kid to work day i right, feel like right, because right. people I love, were I love like the but idea guys that- need jobs too man right, right. Oh. i love the idea that there's hashtag men too like decades before <laughs> And people are like, I don't even, it's like a weird Close Encounters thing where it's like, this just appeared to me in my head. I don't know what a hashtag means, but it appeared to me. Right, right, right. I I formed uh, the hashtag out of uh, mashed potatoes. Um, Anyway. Hash potatoes. uh, Hash potatoes. Mm -hmm. Uh, So go to work with your parents day, closing school a day early for spring break. Bart spends his time with his aunts, Penny and Selma at the DMV. While the sisters are distracted, he creates a fake driver's license for himself and uses the ID to get into an R-rated movie with Melhouse and Nelson, which is Naked Lunch. (laughs) Oh. What a great joke yeah. that I think oh. lasts. They have a lot of really do, great That might be a top like 10 Simpsons joke. I can think yeah. of at least two things wrong with that title. <laughs> yeah. And do you remember, I forget which episode this is in, uh, but they're like, hey, Bart. It's like a whole group of his friends. Bart like, and hey, Fink? Bart. Yeah, yeah, Bart and <laughs> Fink. Yeah, we're going to go see an R-rated movie. Bart, Bart and Fink. Bart and Fink. Fink. Which is so good. Um, anyway, it, uh, the trio later run into Martin, who has earned $600 trading commodities at his father's job. Armed with money and the fake ID, the boys rent a car and plan an adventure. Meanwhile, Lisa accompanies Homer to the power plant, and they spend an entertaining day at his workstation. Definitely the best synopsis of the of yeah. the book so far. Yeah, that was really, a lot of them. Really a lot of them are, are you know a little weird. Not as bad as like Netflix synopsis no, no, no. of TV shows, but um, you know, pretty out there. Is that how you would describe this episode? I think as that's well? a really great description. I think one of the great things ab- about it, and something that I was realizing, I was like, oh, this 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 podcast gives me a great opportunity to like blather on about this theory that I started thinking about like last year that I have had no place to put, <laughs> but this episode directly speaks to, and I didn't even realize that it did. Is that it, it's sort of the 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 thing that 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 cued me to it is that moment of Principal Skinner being like, I can't just make up a thing to like go right. on my vacation right and then him being like i clearly can i'm an authority figure <laughs> yeah. no one will call me on it 
is that so last year uh, or I I um, listened to on tape these two books Nixon Land and then there was another one by that same author that was like kind of a sequel to it called The Rainbow Bridge about the end of the Nixon administration and the rise of the Reagan administration and it really cued me into like the 70s as a time period because uh-huh. it's just like growing up like as a kid in the 90s it was like the 70s. Uh, platform shoes you know <laughs> yeah. what I mean like that was the big takeaway was like <laughs> right. platform shoes yeah um and then in reading those books it's sort of it's sort of like you know catalyzed in my mind the idea of the 70s as a time where uh, you just could not trust authority figures anymore right you, we were still in Vietnam and you had like the Watergate hearings and all of these things that that I was realizing as I was thinking about it because it was also the time the FXX marathon was starting it was like oh that was when your average Simpsons writer was like of this time period yes. was coming of age and so I realized I was like I think the Simpsons is fundamentally a product of the 70s in a lot of ways and this episode has so many examples of that like uh, I can't remember if it's Patty or something, but like of these authority figures that mm-hmm. are just complete empty suits. Right. Like you as a kid, as a Bart or a Lisa, want to think like, well, they must have some sort of like God-given authority because they're grown-ups. And mm-hmm. then we constantly get to see how disappointed these kids are by the fact that the grown-ups are essentially completely hypocritical. Um, like the the moment where... Is, I can't remember if it's Patty or Selma, but as they describe in the thing, it just leaves and says, I left the the ID machine on. Turn it off. Yeah. Like, that's her whole thing. It's just, turn, like, it's just like, right. I left it on. Turn it off. And, like, they, is, and they, they also show, they also reveal just like, sometimes we don't let the lines move at all. <laughs> yes, exactly. We call those yeah. weekdays. Right, exactly. <laughs> just this complete, like, dead bureaucracy where, like, you have these, and then, like, there's also the moment, too, where the kids go into the bar and they're all excited because they have the fake ID, which is a brilliant moment to avoid, like, we're not just going to have these kids get drunk the whole episode. Oh, I completely agree. It's, like, such a brilliant moment, but also, like, you just see that where it's like, oh, great, we can do all this grown-up stuff, and then they're like, four beers, please, Mm -hmm. and then they look, or three beers, please, and then they look down the bar and they just see, like, the most miserable hangdog-looking barflies, and Barney says, join the party! Yeah. (laughs) And they just push the beers away and go outside, and and it's, I don't know, it, it sort of like speaks to this, like these kids discovering that a, like there's kind of nothing for you in adulthood. Right. And I do feel like that's continually sort of a, a Lisa thing, too, that she's always discovering where it's like, I've been told that there's a ranking system. And if I achieve the highest ranking, then I'll be of worth somehow. Right. And perpetually finding out that that's just not the case. Like, to me, it all speaks of kind of how like I feel like my generation is defined by like we were kind of promised the world in the 90s like they were like everything's figured out and as I often (laughs) say like so just like Captain Planet says cut up your six pack rings and everything will be fine right Uh, and then on 9-11 we kind of all learn like wait history is still happening we're still in the mix Mm -hmm. like and that is kind of the central disillusionment of, of like my generation I feel like I feel like the central disillusionment of the the people that were writing the you know quote unquote golden years of the Simpsons their central disillusionment being like finally learning like there is no higher authority there is no adulthood mm-hmm. this is you were just all children of varying sizes uh, is like and that to me is kind of what the Simpsons means and I was it was neat to find out that like this episode contains like so many examples of that like the fucking sun sphere you know what I mean <laughs> right, like, like right, right. this just faded glory of like in 1982 you know the world was like bright and shiny and right. wonderful and now it's just like 
dismal and it's yeah. full of wigs. It's so great. It's like such a wonderful, um, fun phrasing of, I think, kind of a very sad but centrally American idea uh, is, 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 uh, is this, is this, uh, this show. Oh, and then I think too, like Marge for me is, is like kind of a, kind of, I imagine what a lot of those writers' moms must have been like where mm-hmm. they learned how to be a mom in the 50s. Yes. Right. And now they're being a mom in, and there it's just like, I know how to do this. And they're slowly (laughs) learning, like, I have no idea what I'm doing, but I'm just clinging to the script. Yeah. And this, in her story, and that speaks directly to that, I feel like, which was, I think on the rewatch, the Marge story was like the neat discovery that I often underrated. Yes. But Mm -hmm. I I really like the the Marge story in this one. Anyway, all that to say, I just wanted to put my, and I'm sure someone has, has, or someone should, if they haven't already do their thesis on it and actually research (laughs) it and prove me wrong or whatever, but that is my, like, The Simpsons as a, like, 70s. Show you guys are you guys are on board? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Okay, great. Absolutely. That felt so spot on. Absolutely. In a scary way. <laughs> <laughs> no, it makes perfect sense. Yeah. Uh, something I love about this episode is, I mean, we have so many different things happening at once. Of course, you mentioned that one of the reasons you chose it is the Lisa story. That is definitely the the part of the story that I love the most. To be honest, the uh, as funny as all of the Bart shenanigans are. Um, at least as a kid, and I think it kind of carried over, it did kind of feel like, that's a boy's episode. And then it gets to the Lisa stuff, and I'm just like, this is a human episode. Like, this, <laughs> is, this is for me. Oh, God. I love any time that there's like daddy-daughter stuff on the oh, show. Oh, it's they the best. They do yeah, it yeah, yeah, so yeah, yeah. well. It's the best. Yeah. Yeah, and just like them having a fucking sleepover in his workspace right. is so darling. Right. It's the sweetest yeah. thing. And just the so moment sweet. of her like handing him this thing that's like so important to her, which is this, this secret crush on LinkedIn. <laughs> Right. you can just it's such a name you can just immediately picture who that guy is yeah. but then in like Lisa's rationale for liking him being that nobody knows about him right. because he's so quiet and enjoys puzzles and then Homer is like that. completely deflating it with just like but not deflating it but being like he's a safe harbor for that information because he's a grown up and he just doesn't know who that is or yeah. care is so in great. that moment was so my father and I's relationship like, <laughs> like, like a real crazy way of like my dad like you know just being supportive blindly in in a way where he he of course like can't you know gab with me about who I like or whatever or gab with me about really you know like my day-to-day life in elementary school or middle school but just wanting to be there and just being like oh, all right you know and just like patting me on the back and stuff like that it's like all a dad can do yeah yeah uh, I so love it good. and I and I of course love that after this commitment has kind of run its course, right. he misses her. And it's so Yeah, it's also, totally. That's great. And that's sweet, but it's also really crushing that Marge is so excited I that know. she's getting a call from her husband who's clearly neglecting her. Right, but right. it's so sweet that it is for the daughter, and you would hope that she is also happy for that too. But yeah. still, there was a lot of emotion in that two-second thing that <laughs> happened that it was just like, Oh, eh, you want to talk to... Yeah, there's a lot of nice, like, only here, or like, like phone conversation <laughs> stuff in this yeah. episode. Like oh, you want to talk to Lisa, <laughs> or the at the the uh, at the um, Lisa being on the phone with Bart towards the end, and I'm no, I'm skipping ahead, but like only hearing her side of it, mm-hmm. and where it's just like where. W- w- there's like some misunderstanding that she has with, or like Bart clearly has on the other end. She's like, no, that's a whatever. Like, oh, I can't remember what it is, but it's so great. It's <laughs> mm-hmm. clearly so great that I can't remember it right now. But, I love, uh, I love how every one of the members in this episode is really working to keep the unit together because you have, you have Lisa really being a good sister to Bart and it's promising. I'm not going to tell anybody, but I'm going to help you. And you have Homer who's going to keep this secret. And the final shot is. I love so much, at least I think it's the final shot, of, you know, 
Marge is the only one who doesn't know. Yeah. But she's so proud of her son, yeah. and they let they let her be proud. Totally, right. right. And that's something such that I had really thing. underrated. I think until watching this episode specifically, like it's such a great shot. Like seeing, like, well, first of all, leading off with Bart's amazing line of "It used to be about the grammar," <laughs> which I think I've maybe I'm realizing like I have a whole genre of joke that I like to make that is all just derived from that line of, I don't think I'll go back next year. They've forgotten it's supposed to be about the grammar uh, being so great. And then that great shot of seeing like Lisa's pissed, Bart's or Homer's pissed. And then Marge is just, yeah, as you described, like smiling. So, so like angelically, so like maternally proud and just such a great, um, great animation of her Mm -hmm. in that moment. But it isn't, and it is a nice, like, and I, which I didn't realize before watching this episode again, like it's a nice final beat too of Marge's story Mm -hmm. where she had been so miserable the whole time being alone. But then now seeing that Bart has returned from the grammar rodeo, she's like so happy. And in the perfect Marge way, it's like, she's happy kind of based on a lie, but she's Sort of doesn't right, care. Right, And does it really matter? Yeah, you know? exactly. In the, in the, and we see that happen earlier when she wakes up Maggie just to, you know, mm, make yeah. Maggie need her. And, mm. you know, what a what a funny and, and horrible thing when she's so excited that Bart's going to shadow her. And then <laughs> the form says that housewife is not a real job. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> what yeah. a commentary, to say yeah, the least. Yeah, I, the way that this um, episode tracks is just so perfectly laid out. I mean, him... Uh, Bart being at the DMV, getting the the license, saying specifically that he's 25 so he can rent a car later. Mm -hmm. It's just so great. Everything about it. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And I was going to say that I even like uh, that Lisa line when Bart finally breaks the news to her that it's there's no grammar rodeo. And she goes, (laughs) I knew it. I knew it. Because why would our national grammar rodeo be in another country? (laughs) I I love that as part of their lie, it's it's the Sheraton Hotel in Canada. Just the one. Yeah. Like, <laughs> in all of Canada. And also the way Martin says Canada is very satisfying. In Canada. Oh, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I love Canada jokes. I hope they do too. <laughs> oh, clearly. I feel I like they, they should. <laughs> uh, there's a little section in our book called The Stuff You May Have Missed. And something I did, in fact, miss, even though we just watched this episode, is Principal Skinner refers to himself as principal even when speaking to an airline employee. <laughs> yes, yes. I didn't miss that. Yeah, thinking that his little, like, wilted authority carries over to anyone else in the world is fantastic. Oh, I, I also wanna... like for some reason he says I specifically requested not to have the kosher meal. Yeah, yeah. I like he had that. to like specify don't give me the kosher meal is wonderful. There's a really great line when they go through Branson, Missouri and uh, Bart says like oh yeah we're in Branson, Missouri my dad says it's just like Vegas if it was run by Ned Flanders. Yeah. Which is something that I think they should own. totally and it's also such a cool it's so cool that even by this point in the show like still fairly early on in the run of the show like they've established the world so well that you can make a joke about Branson Missouri by what one other character that's not on screen says about another character and we know them both so well that it's like that's just a funny thing about Branson yeah you know what I mean I don't know it's so amazing to me (laughs) yeah and some of the shows playing in Branson I'll just read uh, Waylon Jennings and Madam (laughs) Phantom of the Opry which I would see (laughs) up with white people (laughs) 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 Minnie Pearl Jam Lurleen Lumpkin and Pip Diddler uh Alabama mania and show show show. Oh, well, Lurleen, that's a really mm-hmm, fun callback. callback. It is a great callback. Not a very funny name though. Do better next time. Just kidding. <laughs> <laughs> Whoa, shots fired. No, no. Yeah, it's so good. 
And the, the marquee advertising Andy Williams just reads, wow, he still got it. And it's said by Look Magazine. <laughs> Look Magazine went out of business more than two decades ago when this uh, was premiered. That's amazing. Yeah. I think Look might be Wow, he now. still got it. <laughs> <laughs> it's so good. This episode is very high concept. We have yeah. we have Bart doing all of this really ridiculous stuff, but somehow it still feels very grounded. Mm-hmm. And I'm I love very impressed by that. Too that the central conceit of the Bart story is that he is like the dad on the road trip, but right. he's like your fantasy dad on a road trip. So there's like that one little run of like quick cuts where it's like, can we stop and get ice cream? And it's like, yeah. yes. I of course. Why and, like, not? Can we get and so they get to tiger? always do like he it's like what if your friend was your dad on the road trip yeah like uh what is it's like millhouse is like nelson's whatevering me it's like he whatevered me he yes. sure he did sure. <laughs> my favorite joke uh my sister and i laugh about to this day is uh like the car pulls up next to them and it's like a really angry father and like and, you know just a packed car full of his kids and his wife and he's like all right if you guys like you know one more word out of you and we're turning back and then Bart just leans out and slaps the back or of Nelson his head. Does, yeah, yeah. Or Nelson does, yeah. And he's like, all right, back to Ottawa or something. Back to Winnipeg. Winnipeg, yeah, it's something. Another great Canada joke. Another I wonder if Canada that joke. was in the one that they would air in syndication because I feel like that was a joke that I completely forgot about until seeing it on like the FXX thing or seeing it on like watch rewatching it for this episode. Hmm. If you, do you know what I mean? Like where mm-hmm. there was that differentiation between like episodes would air and they would have more jokes and then once they were in syndication they would be like shorter like they would right, cut out right. some of the yeah, that is interesting. some of the smaller kind of more standalone jokes right, that don't affect right. the story as much i had forgotten about that one but it's it's great and also it feels like a weird moment of like nelson getting revenge on the on like bad fathers which we can only yeah, totally. assume he has it's just a snippet but yeah. it's like really powerful absolutely really and actually the one time you ever see a dad actually turn around and go home yeah yeah it's absolutely. always just an empty also, threat so they they pick up a, a hitchhiker in that run of of beats <laughs> of can we get ice cream can we do this yeah. can we do that they pick up a hitchhiker and then the hitchhiker goes can we get ice cream and then they all get yeah. ice cream and then he says like a really trippy line which is like uh i didn't think i was rehabilitated but i guess it just needed the bed <laughs> i had to rewind that to make sure that's actually what they said <laughs> yeah yeah. And it's in his eyes are so weirdly he's so weirdly drawn. Dead. Yeah, yeah, we feel like he's like an acid casualty or something. Yeah, absolutely. I'm sure in the script he was referred to as acid casualty. <laughs> <laughs> I would write him as such. <laughs> yeah, I love to like the the I love that the the moment that they have on the street after they come out of the bar and they're trying to figure out what they can do with this ID that says they're 25 <laughs> and someone's idea, I can't remember who, but is to rent a carpet shampooer. That was Nelson's. Nelson, yeah, we can yeah. rent a carpet shampooer. It is like... That's luxury for him. It one, well, <laughs> A, I think that's a really good point in terms of the Nelson character, but also, too, it does kind of speak to something that I don't think I would have appreciated as a kid, but I definitely appreciate now, where as you get into your 20s, you do have that thing where after your 21st birthday, there are no birthdays at which you gain superpowers. <laughs> no. Right. There's like, okay, 18, you can, what, play the lottery and smoke and vote, vote right? Yeah. And then you can, um, I like to play the lottery is the first one I thought of. 
Um, because uh, I come from Arizona Hill people, apparently. Oh, cool. um, no, I don't, but uh, but I should. Um, and then you're 21 and you can drink. And right. then, yeah, and then after that one, and you feel like you, you get set on every 21st birthday around that time when you're that age is like, I guess the next one is like, what, you can rent a car? And then that <laughs> is it. Yeah. yeah. That's it. You don't get, any, you don't have any more fun birthdays at which you gain. I guess the power. next one is when you qualify for AARP. I know. Yeah. They only, <laughs> they're only sad consolation prizes <laughs> after that point. Yeah. Or like, uh, yeah, cheap uh, breakfast at Denny's. Cheap breakfast at Denny's, Social Security. <sighs> Yeah. yeah, it was it 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 is weird. Like I, it, it reminded me of like when um, my comedy group made this movie called Mystery Team, and we were trying to promote it. And the idea is there's these kid detectives, and they're in a grown up world. And we had a booth at Comic Con, and the conceit that we came up with for the booth, which we uh, had to like build ourselves because we were like super duper on like a budget, was like we're gonna have one side of the booth is all gonna be like kid stuff, and the other side of the booth is gonna be like all adult stuff. So it'll be like toys, and then it'll be like stuff like grown-ups think is fun that's like r-rated and i remember driving around with meggie one of the other members of the group trying to be we had tons of toys it's so easy to get toys right and they were like what do grown-ups think is fun or whatever and then we got like got like a cheap bottle of like gin and like went <laughs> to some like sex shop and bought like fuzzy handcuffs and like edible underwear and stuff and then like you just run out like all of the right. stuff that's supposedly like just for grownups and is supposed to be like fun is all like seedy and gross and yeah. sad and yeah. stuff that you eventually have to go to meetings for if you do it too much. <laughs> like, and this episode does kind of speak to that, that I don't think when you're a kid, you really even, it doesn't really register, but it's only when you watch it as a grown up that you go like, oh yeah, there's no fun <laughs> stuff for grownups. There yeah. isn't any fun stuff. No, no. Except only... for acting like a kid. Yeah, yeah. exactly. Yeah, exactly. Now it's like, it's, it's more and more acceptable to do like, fun kid stuff and isn't it crazy that we're still doing that as grown-ups right, i feel like right. everyone's got a cool dad now like i yeah. feel like you know yeah, yeah. yeah we're our, the generation of the cool dad totally yeah, yeah. oof that made me so uh, sad i know right? i think you just christened like the new generational title i really hope i did generation cool dad ouch damn that is tough but wow. fair i don't want that to be a footnote on a wikipedia page that's just something i don't want as part of my legacy or i guess i should say our legacy oh. i said with a scowl i also loved the moment just think just thinking of like spare moments that my analysis of them makes me sad but i feel like it's part of why they're so funny is like when Millhouse, when they get told that there hasn't been a World's Fair there since 1982 or whatever, and he says, like, but there's going to be another World's Fair coming soon, right? <laughs> By Friday? <laughs> like, that feeling of, like, spring break, like, being, like, seeming so long before you get right. to it, but then, like, slipping out of your grasp, like, just yeah. really needing, like, there's we're only here for, like, until Friday, so it's got to come back, right? Yeah. It's so, so great. And then it, and then it, like, you know, culminating in the, the image that's in the book for this episode, I can see that's, like, so iconic and wonderful uh, that my girlfriend and I like were talking about when we watched this episode as being like one of our favorite images in The Simpsons is them all sitting on the curb wearing various (laughs) wigs. Yeah, I feel like I have Googled this image a lot. (laughs) I feel like it's something that I go back to maybe because, I don't know, uh, this episode. You and your wigs. Me and my wigs in the sun sphere or something. Um, (laughs) But I love that as a comedic take too. like, oh, what are we going to do now? And then like, you're going to buy some wigs or ain't you? Yeah, yeah. Oh, yeah. Yeah, it's like the perfect like 
like yeah. we've hit rock bottom right. moment. And like they're and all we're wearing all... these great like <laughs> bouffant like sixties wigs. <laughs> Nelson has an afro. It's great. It's great. It's it reminds so me of uh, the like the outros of Daria. How they'd have all the characters wearing different yeah, outfits. Yeah, yeah, that was always fun. <laughs> uh, something that I, I mean, I just want to get more into the Lisa Homer stuff because it's so good. And I, I love, I love everything that happens. And one of the jokes that I think. I at least repeat a lot is when Homer offers her a donut and she asks for fruit and he's just like, this one's got purple in it. Purple is a fruit. <laughs> <laughs> that one's pretty it's good. It's like a quintessential Homerism. Yeah, it's yeah. almost it's almost a, uh, a Ralphism. Like, it's <laughs> right, Ralph. right. It's definitely on a t-shirt at Spencer's Gifts. It, or a Hot Topic. It's or gotta be topic. something. Yeah, I, well I think yeah. it's like, it's it's also the thing that makes it so Homer to me is that he knows you're, he's like, can acknowledge you're supposed to want <laughs> fruit. But he's like, yeah. but I am eating fruit, right? Purple's <laughs> right, a fruit. Right, right, right. Sound logic. Right. <laughs> I, um, I really love that, uh, you know, Homer Homer in in so many ways is kind of a dud. Uh, you know, in a lot of ways, mm-hmm. he doesn't really uh, do the best he can. And it's very crushing that he has to do that in front of his daughter, who, of course, looks up to him no matter how he does and she's so bright and in so many ways is smarter than Homer and it's so sweet that she is the one who's just like well let's make this more fun then you right. know what let's come on dad like let's let's do this mm-hmm. and it, it shows so much about his parenting that he has this daughter who's able to make this wonderful imagination you know game with uh with the suits and yeah, the all suit. the different things mm-hmm. and him doing the candy and even though she probably doesn't care about candy yeah you know she's just going along for the ride and i think it's such a good sweet kid <laughs> there's <laughs> there's also a really great beat where uh like the joke beat of of him after lisa spilled the beans that bart it needs to be oh. saved <laughs> and so he's they're like we have to he's gonna be a courier so like we have to order something uh <laughs> that's big enough to carry him and like yeah three of the other people and uh um, he calls up the other nuclear power plant that's by where Bart is, and they're like, oh, well, it's looking like that machine over in Springfield is doing pretty well, and as he's on the phone, he takes out a can of bus. I mean, my God! <laughs> yeah. The person on the phone freaking out is my favorite thing, like, oh, God! Oh, dear God! It, it reminds me, this is a line that my sister and I have repeated many times, um, I forget which episode, but it's, uh, man alive, there are men alive! <laughs> it's so good. It's just oh, yeah, like totally. the rhythm of it. Well, it's so great. It's so kind of greatly, I feel like, captures like the like I don't know, like this crazy like that is like a traumatic thing. Like I do think that's something that The Simpsons is handling so well is this like paranoia of horrible things happening yeah. in the world right. but we know it's fine because right. we know it's not going to be an actual nuclear me- or maybe it is right. for all right. we know like Homer is just trying to get his son back home so he pours a can of soda on this like it's called like a safety command yes. console yes. so we can only assume yes. like probably really messes up your nuclear yeah. power plant yes. and this guy's looking at this potential horrifying thing so they gotta send him a new one like it's so it's got that great like there was a guy a couple years ago where he was doing a thing where he was like trying to explain like how comedy worked on like a psychological level or whatever. In many ways, I think he was like oversimplifying it, but it seemed like, and maybe he was just quoting some other person, but like he boiled it down to like benign violations. Did you guys hear this guy? He was on like WTF a little bit. It was like a sidebar, I feel like. But like The Simpsons has so many of those things where it's like so wonderfully 
so so greatly a violation like oh my god he's ruining the nuclear <laughs> power plant but so wonderfully benign because it's like a dad that's just like pouring indiscriminately pouring soda on a safety command the console. contrast like, between homer's i mean my god face yes exactly His yeah exactly he's just like okay the guy feels like he's experiencing the hindenburg <laughs> And then there's also like kind of a, a, a like weird subconscious, almost Apollo 13 reference yeah. in it where Homer 13 is spinning out of control or whatever. <laughs> like they're playing Spaceman. And then I love in that moment that Homer says, this is way more fun with two people. Oh, implying yeah. that he does it He's all the time. time. <laughs> <laughs> it's so good. Oh my God. Just precious. Yeah, I also love uh, when Lisa does finally reveal what has happened and fills mm-hmm. Homer in. It's oh, terrifying. that beat is so yeah. fun. And yeah. his face Eer- is all it, red. It, in the book, it says, eerily calm. Yes, that's a real pickle. <laughs> 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 Would you excuse me for a moment? <laughs> and then just the sheer... Yeah, he yeah. puts on the helmet and just starts yelling. It's so That's a real funny. dad for you right there. Oh, that's, that's such a dad yeah, moment. That's, that's the that's dad such that I know. I will send money to uh, Bart the money to fly home. Then I will murder him. <laughs> no, then he'll know I told you. <laughs> uh, so and then using two on a writing level, like just it's such a micro thing, but them using the helmet that yeah. they've already established when yes. they're playing Spaceman is so yes. great for him to scream and it gets all fogged up. Yes, it's so, so good. Awesome. Oh man. Um, so we've touched upon this just a little bit within this episode, but um, can you think of any Simpsons quotes that you say just on a, like a daily basis or like frequently enough in your life that you find yourself going back to them? Like, you know, we say everything's coming up. Millhouse, Boo Burns right. is a big one. Sure, mm-hmm. sure, 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 sure. Oh, man. I feel like it's like so in con- it's like so in context, but like probably in the moment, like out of context. That it's yeah, it's probably to, like, not even intentional right now. You know? Right. No but, worries. Um, you can't think of anything. But yeah, but there's so oh man, there oh man oh man, that's tough. That's a tough one. Um, but it's not because there's like so so <laughs> no many worries, of them. No worries. We oh can, man. We well, can yeah, I'm, I'm trying to, but like I feel like even from this episode, I mean, it's it never comes up in any context. But that he's very quiet and enjoys puzzles. It definitely, <laughs> very definitely nice. comes up a lot. Or no, I think I think one that I do quote a lot, which is from that other episode that I was I was angling to do, being a oh boy, a carnival. <laughs> like, just, like, him having been behind the cereal, Milhouse having been behind the cereal box the whole time, and that not being revealed until late in that scene is so great. Um, I'm trying to remember which ones come up in context, though. Oh, man, I can't remember. Yeah, everything's coming up. Millhouse? I don't know. I don't know. Yeah. Would you say, uh, would you say that Millhouse is the character that you relate to the most? Um, I, I mean, well, like in that, I think in that same episode where... Uh, who is it? Bart says, well, Millhouse likes you. And Lisa says, Millhouse likes Vaseline on toast. <laughs> is like such a great reveal. I mean, I think I think that, yeah, you you, you got to relate to Millhouse a lot. I think if, if you are the kind of person that would grow up to be in comedy and then end up on a Simpsons podcast, probably. <laughs> yeah, I mean, the totally. podcast is named after a, right, a, right, a Millhouse right. quote. Um, I think that... Um, I don't know. That's a good question. I think somewhere between Milhouse and Lisa, probably. 
like when she's packing for that trip and she is packing a Gore Vidal book. Like I, <laughs> my grandparents took me on a, which they would do for all their grandkids until they were like, we're done doing this. We're bored of this. Mm-hmm. Um, when you would graduate high school, if you were their grandkid, they went to Hawaii every year anyway. So they wow. were like, come to Hawaii with us. We'll, oh, go to the, we'll go to the Bubba Gump Shrimp Company. It was great. It was great. <laughs> yeah. And I just remember my big company. packing dilemma was being like, I have to bring all these books that I want to read because I know all I'm going to do when I get there is read. And then halfway through the trip, having to have my grandpa drive me to a Barnes and Noble so I could get more books because I had read all of the books on my sunny beach vacation. Uh, So yeah, so uh, that like, I think sort of, yeah, a Millhouse Lisa hybrid would probably be where it lived. You got to love Bart. But you don't really. I feel like if you're that Aren't kid, you don't really ide- that, exactly, yeah, exactly. Right. You don't really identify strongly with with Bart. I feel yeah. like, yeah. Um, for some reason, the quote that's rolling around in my head right now, uh, just a fun. It's actually a Bart quote, but uh, Lee, uh, Marge says, "Would you jump off a cliff if Millhouse jumped off a cliff? Millhouse jumped off a cliff." Yeah, because <laughs> <laughs> so. um, he loves Millhouse. Yeah, and I, I love uh, you know the the show is so fun because you get to watch every kind of character interact. That's also why, as we talked about this episode is so fun you have four characters that don't always talk mm-hmm. to each other and it's really fun to watch them but I love uh, I also love some moments with Homer and Milhouse, and those are a little far and few between but there's a moment where Homer has created this I guess kind of a ride I don't even know what it is but something in their backyard and <laughs> Milhouse goes out of the tunnel that he made and he says it smells bad and Homer says no it doesn't and that's, <laughs> and that's all there is to it that, that's that's a good, like, dad of your friend mm-hmm. moment. I, I feel like those are the most awkward interactions I've ever had. Every first blind date I've been on, like, they're all just like, no, whenever you doesn't. meet the, the dad of your best friend, it's a scary time. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. No, it doesn't. Another college paper someone should definitely write is, like, triangulating the idea of a nerd in culture with, like, Martin... Uh, Milhouse and Lisa because I feel like they're yeah. all nerds but they're so specific oh, yeah. like I feel like your average show would just be like and then we have the nerd character and they're the nerd they'll do all the nerd things right. they'll say all the nerd stuff but seeing like a show like this where it's like you get to have three distinctly different types of nerdy social outcasts because I do think I end up quoting a lot of Martin stuff too probably yeah. like yeah. then I'll be queen of summer I is love definitely yeah. is definitely one you know what I mean like those or my geo must be acknowledged often <laughs> Times. I mean, that's what I see referenced on Twitter a lot, and I understand because, like, we all know that feeling. Like that, I feel like that's such a palpable feeling. Like, like where your geodes not being acknowledged, it comes up so often. That's gonna be a new one for me. I think. I think that's gonna be a new one for me. You know, when somebody doesn't retweet you, and you're like, "That was right. a solid ass tweet, my geo." Right? Yeah. Exactly. Yeah. Totally. It's like. Yeah. If we all acknowledge each other's geodes a little more, I think the world <laughs> yeah, would be the, would be a better could, place. We could solve world Well, peace. someone said, I do remember seeing somebody on Twitter say, I can't remember who it was. I wish I could directly quote them. Basically saying to, to something to the effect of like, we would be healthier as a society if it were okay for people to just sometimes say like, I need attention right now. Absolutely. Right, right, right. I can't remember who it was. I wish I could remember, but it was, it was such a brilliant insight. It was like, oh, of course. Yeah, because we do so much stuff. We act out so much. We do, or we just don't say anything at all when sometimes we like just need attention <laughs> right, and right. I feel like if we could just say my yeah. geode must be acknowledged right now because sometimes yeah. your geode you just gotta acknowledge that geode listeners start saying this in your everyday life and live a happier healthier lifestyle you know what that made me think of it made me think of the Unky Herb invention of the baby translator oh yeah 
yeah. Yeah, I want to be held or whatever. <laughs> yeah. So if we all had our own like Unky Herb sure. totally. kind of good thing. Good That's a great. <laughs> hey, That's thanks. A really good I'm on a Simpsons <laughs> podcast right now. Yeah. I think probably a lot of tertiary character quotes come up like yeah. Shake Harder Boy. That's Shake the one that I heard so Or much. There's Doings a Transpire. <laughs> there's Doings a Transpire. Uh, I've mentioned this before in the podcast, but I really love, uh, especially like when you see something online that like kind of burns your eyes and you can never unsee it. Uh, the goggles, they do nothing. <laughs> <laughs> I think I originally saw Paul J uh, write that on Twitter and I instantly was like, oh, yep, that's going to be totally." Yeah. yeah, well, that's great. I do love that The Simpsons will just have like that guy who's on the other end of the phone with Homer seeing the nuclear meltdown potentially happen. <laughs> and be like The Simpsons has so many tertiary characters just in horrible states of like yeah. being killed or or like <laughs> right, like right. when they like in that episode where they pull back and they show the escalator to nowhere. I love it's just that. Like, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> like all those people are definitely dead. It's so great. It's oh, so wonderfully God. because it's just we're just far enough away from them. Yeah. And the Simpsons had definitely a lot of like really great uh laugh moments that would come from just like sound effects like uh, or yeah. uh yeah or, or, or like a yoink. Hubble. Yoink mm-hmm. came from the Simpsons. Yoink. Yeah. Oh yeah, yoink. Yoink it's I think is yoink is it gets employed a lot yeah. for sure. Yeah. <laughs> Can you guys think of any this is something that I was I was thinking about when I cuz on the way over like cultural things that you experienced and maybe you guys forgive me if you've touched on it before cultural things that you experience that are such big cultural touchstones that you experienced on the Simpsons first tons mm. tons I mean I've talked about this before but I didn't know MacGyver was a real thing right. uh, a lot of people have talked about the Twilight Zone being something that they didn't realize that that was actually a Twilight Zone reference Twin Peaks I didn't realize that that's what they were referencing and <laughs> yeah totally I did I mean I knew it because my but like because my parents watched Twin Peaks but I because I got to watch The Simpsons and I remember like see, like that was my only frame of reference for what Twin Peaks was really mm-hmm. is that moment where he's like brilliant <laughs> I have no idea what's going on right 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 and I just remember because I actually finally watched Twin Peaks and then I went and did Allie and, and Jeremy's podcast and it was really fun to watch it and realize that the only context I had for it was him saying <laughs> that's damn fine coffee you have here in Twin Peaks and damn fine cherry pie exactly and then just seeing him slow dancing <laughs> with a horse underneath the stop line that's just floating in nowhere it's like there could be worse sum ups of Twin Peaks definitely yeah, yeah I feel like similarly like I, I didn't watch Twin Peaks until way later um, but definitely saw this episode of The Simpsons a lot of the Treehouse of Horrors introduced yeah that was like just such a bucket Bradbury for those things totally yeah, Twilight yeah, yeah, yeah. stuff yeah and yeah and, and I love that that was my experience of it too like I don't regret it I think that then that associated something really right. positive with it when I then you know checked it out because I trust the Simpsons writers so much that I'm like if they approve it yeah you know, absolutely and I think that because cool. I, well, I was listening to the Nick Weiger episode and you guys were talking about how like and I feel like this is such a fundamental thing that we kind of weirdly forget especially as like humor gets more reference based or something or there's just more I don't know like is that the jokes were still so funny even if you didn't get the reference just because you could feel the specificity of them and there was more going on in the joke than just name checking that 
thing. Yeah. yeah, and that's something that I really like in comedy in general. Like when people are impressionists and they don't really have jokes that go with the impression. Like right. I just feel like that's really hollow. But somebody like James Adomian who does like totally. magical impressions, yeah. but then yes. the jokes within them are so fucking funny. Yeah, and you it's don't like, have to know what the impression is. You don't have to know what the reference is because right. the thing functions in and of itself. Yeah, and then you're and like, you get it from context, and then mm-hmm. later you can get. But that's the thing too. And I would say to people out there in radio land, like. Because I feel like references sometimes can feel alienating because people feel like I'm supposed to like get them. And if right. I didn't get them, there's something wrong with me. But it's like, you don't have to get Mm-mm. them. Don't feel bad if you're not aware of a thing that's funny, in a reference. Funny. Yeah, exactly. right. And, and, and like you shouldn't be able to get every reference. No, yeah, that would be scary if you had TV because shows. it meant you never went and outside. It, and it's also very fun to look up references yeah totally archer archer is so good at like oh, really? very obscure references and i've looked up a number of things <laughs> like, well yeah just in doing this sh- show too what was the episode that we did where the first brazil oh it was the Trias of horror yeah, tree has and of the horror. first non-brazilian to be t- to time travel or mm-hmm. something which i had and, no idea what it was and then on the podcast right was right Castaneda. right so that yeah, was totally. really eye-opening and and fun to discover i don't remember what the quote was that you specifically said that you loved so much when we had josh oh, weinstein on. yes and i remember that's actually a reference. Right, right. And our minds were blown. Our minds were blown. And he loved it. I'll, I'll just explain. <laughs> um, so uh, he, it, he did um, uh, A Fish Called Selma. And um, there was one line that Troy McClure said. He's like... Uh, and, uh, like, who could lo- not love Jub-Jub? He's everywhere you want to be. <laughs> and um, Josh said that that was a reference to, that, to, to American the- Express. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I didn't know. Oh. I took that as, he's so annoying. He's all up in your business all the gotcha. time. He's everywhere you want to be. Well, it's also Phil Hartman saying words yes. confidently, so yes. it's just going to be funny. Yes. So, but it was great because he responded to my response, like, in a very loving way, where he was like, that's great that, right. like, you interpreted it as that, and you still found it funny, and, like, that's what it's all about. It's like not about so much like this is the way the joke was and you should receive it only in this way. Right. You know, it, it's open to the masses. Totally. Yeah. Well, it's like you look at like Shakespeare, which mm-hmm. you can hold the, the Simpsons up to, I feel. Yeah. Um, where it's like so many references to things. And this is, I feel like, you know, like all, every English professor in the world has made this point of like he wasn't writing for us to read it now. He was writing for like Friday night. Right. On Monday, he was writing it for Friday. Right. And like, so it was all these references that people there, it's like, and obviously people have pointed out like, and some references would be for these people and some references right, would be right, for right. the poor people. And like, it would sort of, it was all mixed up. And it's like, but they, it still functions despite the fact that besides maybe the Bible, none of that shit is still culturally relevant, really. I mean, the Bible and Greek mythology, mm-hmm. none of the rest of that stuff is like at all relevant, but it still functions because of the story and because of the language. And I feel like the Simpsons will, I think stand the test of time for that very reason because it functions beyond the references where Absolutely. other more reference strictly reference based things I think will fall by the wayside yeah but like I experienced like I remember telling a college professor of mine like I we like I've experienced a lot of things in culture backwards through the Simpsons like I was, t- I was talking specifically about Citizen Kane I think and that's another one the yeah, yeah yeah one. totally yeah, yeah just completely no Citizen idea. Kane and you have no idea <laughs> and so like when it's like there is a man a certain man yeah, you know what I mean yeah, like yeah, it's yeah, just like you, you just I love it too, and it's yeah. great and it feels like something that Mr. Burns would have for himself <laughs> right but that's only because he's so steeped in the Citizen Kane thing, but it it still completely just works because it works in and of itself. And I remember saying that and my professor, who probably at that point was in his 50s, just being like, huh, I guess that's right. <laughs> he probably did. And you could just feel like he really, he's like sort of triangulating how old I was and like, 
oh yeah, that's whereas for him, like The Simpsons was something <laughs> cool that came out when he was right. 25. Right, you know, right, I don't know. Right. It was, it was, uh, but like it was, I think there's just so much. To, like we, I think people our age, like we experienced the entire 20th century via. The Simpsons. Yeah, yeah, there was never a time that we weren't watching it. Mm-hmm. Well, I love the way that you described uh, Shakespeare writing for Friday night and like for, you know, all the references for, um, you know, the different type of people that would be in the audience because it just made me think of like Shakespeare writing like a sketch for UCB. <laughs> <laughs> like, like, I just like, got to get this Biden thing out. If I could just I got to do my Hillary, Hillary in line at Chipotle fucking I'll, thing. Yeah, crank it yeah, out. I'll sleep after. Who gives a shit? <laughs> And there's going to be the cast party till four in the morning. <laughs> we'll wait until the donut shop's open. Yes. Yes. And it was way more about that. I'm sure. I'm sure it was. Yeah, no, it's like, then I totally get it. Right. Well, the idea just that these episodes, like, because I remember them airing. I w- watched them. Like, but right. like still now the idea that they aired. Yeah. Like there was a time that they didn't, they didn't exist. exist yet. Yeah, right. right it's so crazy. Right. And like, like when that, I, I'm sure you got, like Julia, you were talking about having gone to that Hollywood Bowl show. But uh-huh. part of what was so neat about that FXX marathon is like all of the stuff people were like posting online. Yeah. And I can't remember who posted it, but there was some just like Polaroid almost of like, he was like Simpsons writer's room, lunchtime, 1992. And it wasn't even like, they weren't Josh. even at a table. Was it him? That's so awesome. It was just like. It was just like, it was like Conan and all the other people that are, you're just like, these are the greatest minds in this, ever. In this very have, meager table. And, and yeah, they just look like dudes that you know. Yeah, you know right, what I mean? Right. Like, uh, it's so, ooh, it's so like inspiring. I feel right. like. Right. That was do. like the most earth shattering thing for me. And just like sort of growing up and like continuing to pursue comedy and understanding that like these people aren't gods. Like they are gods, but they're, they're not gods. Like they're just real They did godly people. things, but they they're real, real people. Yeah, yes. They did godly things. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. But to sort of see more behind the scenes and then also just understanding like how that kind of work environment is it's it's not in like olympus it's right exactly it's in burbank yeah exactly it's in a shitty building with like white walls yeah they were like like, oh paquito moss again anyway let's write the fucking (laughs) citizen kane episodes no completely yeah have you read that oral history of the simpsons no is it online um, in, or is it a book? It's a book. It's Ooh. a book. Yeah, and I it's great. The cover it. just says, I will not write an oral history of the Simpsons. <laughs> yeah, over and over. Oh, that's awesome. Yeah, oh yeah. My God. And it's great because in the beginning they say like, oh, hey, listen, um, you know, if you're looking to read a book that's about like the later years, like past season 10, like look elsewhere. Like this is really just about like the origin <laughs> right. of the show. And it's oh, great. that's awesome. A lot of like great, like Conan being kind of an asshole stories. And like, yeah, all the writers and like how they formed, you know, certain beats, certain characters and yeah it's really great yeah that's like really I mean like when you look at a Conan O'Brien and you're like all of the things he's done in his career have been so incredible and then you like in front of the camera and then you add to that the <sighs> fact that he was like instrumental in like writing the things like effectively I'm sure for you guys and for me as well like formed your sense of humor Absolutely. is crazy that's why and I have a Simpsons crazy. tattoo. Did you know that? Have I talked to you about this? Maybe. I, I don't know. I just got it last year. I've mentioned on the podcast before. Um, but like, I realized one day that like one of the main reasons why I'm pursuing comedy and writing it is because of the Simpsons. Yeah. It's like, I better mark my body. Totally. So what I is got, it? Um, the v- gummy Venus de Milo with yes. says sweet, sweet candy. That's awesome. Thank you. That's so cool. And then there's some dude that was like, that was the thing. We were like trying to figure out, should, should it be like a gummy Venus to Milo? Yeah, sure. That's fine. Whatever. Write it down. <laughs> right, Let's move on. Know, and then now it's like a tattoo you have. It's like yeah, so yeah, really crazy. Yeah, it's, it's, it's nuts. Yeah. So I don't know. This is rapidly developed into us just like being grateful that the Simpsons like exists. <laughs> oh, yeah. But I, I am so Completely grateful. appropriate for the Totally. Well, yeah. Like I was recently like, uh, we just watched Magnolia last weekend and I was like more than anything filled with just like a gratitude that like some weird historical 
historical pocket existed where a major studio was like, Paul Thomas Anderson, here's $50 million. Yes. Go make whatever you want to make. And he was yeah. like, I'm going to make a movie about just people driving around the valley, but it's going to be like the most epic thing you ever saw. And I was right, just like right. so grateful that it yeah. exists and have I'm you so, heard like, him talk grateful. about like his movies and like i don't know interviewed about like his reasoning behind certain movies no not as much not as much no not as much as i should have i'm going right. on kind of a kick now but yeah I no he he's great i mean uh I, I think i've mentioned this before too but um i heard his uh, mark Marin episode and it was really great because mark kind of like went through all his movies and was like what's that one about right you know and for magnolia he's like what's that one about and he's like um the death of my father and then like that was it <laughs> <laughs> like, moving on, you well, know. Yeah, that's what inspired the the PTA rewatch. Was like my girlfriend and I were both listening to that Paul Thomas Anderson episode, and simultaneously realized like we got to go. She hasn't seen a couple of them, and I was like, I have to like rewatch right. all of them because it's just like you want to be so in it because it's like such a cool opportunity to hear this dude like talk about the thing. But anyway, this was this feeling of gratitude, and like that's what I have right now for particularly these are formative years of The Simpsons, and I'm sure it's different for everybody at a different age, but like for how those were made by people very much like people that we now know. I know. Isn't that fucking awesome? Like I'm, I'm constantly reflecting on that and being like, this is, this is crazy. Right. (laughs) Yeah. Oh, sorry. Go ahead. Oh, I was going to say one of the sweetest things is that when, uh, we were introing our episode with Josh and we stumbled, uh, I pointed out like, Oh, we're Simpsons nerds. And you're just like, but Simpsons writers are Simpsons nerds. Right. And that's what's so special. And you saw, you talked about, we have many different types of nerds on this show. And that's because there were tons of different kinds of nerds writing it. And it's, they really get the humanity of it. Whereas like you said, other shows don't quite have, they have the one archetypal nerd character, which really isn't someone that I know. I mean, I I probably wouldn't really be friends with that person because they don't seem very social or dimensional, like outside of like a punchline. You know, they're kind of making fun of them right. usually, right? Uh, so it's it's so fun to watch these characters be kind of triumphant. I mean, they're all nerds in some way, and it's so f- they're they get the funniest jokes, right? Yeah, I'm <laughs> really glad that stand up twenty years later. I know. I'm, I'm really glad that they, you know, and going back to the trifecta of the different kinds of nerds, like I'm really glad that they gave all of them a chance to speak and and have these like fully fleshed out stories, and just really all of the characters of Springfield are like so different and so rich. You know, like I'm I'm sure by now, what are we, 26 seasons in, they've peeled back the curtain on pretty much every right, citizen of Springfield. Right, right, right. Um, you know, but the fact that they started out in like the early seasons with like this really colorful group of different characters that, you know, some of them, maybe Hans Molman is like a little too <laughs> one note, you know? But like, even still, like he's able to sort of have Mole a Man little in bit. The morning. I love that. <laughs> it's like kissing a peanut. Um, <laughs> no, it's, I feel like we know all of these people. And, Very and, well. Yeah, it's great. I love it. Wait, wait wasn't Mole Man's, his movie was shot on like, the, the, when he made uh, Football oh, in the man, Groin, getting hit, hit by, by football. football. It's like on a silent movie camera right yeah, it's like in weird like, like cpa was he did he invent instagram <laughs> did Mole Man invent instagram? yeah why don't that's you crazy. put it into wikipedia i should well it's fun too like it's that's interesting about what josh said about the simpsons writers being simpsons nerds but like they so clearly are because otherwise they wouldn't keep thinking to bring characters back and be like you know that we have that cutaway to that person that should be mrs krabappel or that should be yep. whoever like mm-hmm. them yeah. reinvesting in those characters is like so uh cool yeah, yeah they love them it's so, <laughs> it's so cool sweet. oh it's great yeah totally <laughs> yeah. the affection that they have for the characters rather than the like mid-key contempt that mm-hmm. most shows have for their characters i feel right. like is like oh it's the best and i'm sure you've seen that iconic poster of like every single simpsons character ever like hanging out together it's no, been, it's been around for like 
a while, but um, uh, yeah, they they have that where it's just like a sea of all these different characters. It's so cool. And then they recently made like a wallet version of that. I have it. I can show it to you later. <laughs> um, where it's it's like a, a bit of that, and it's so great, especially as a wallet. It's great whenever I take it out because I'm like, oh, I like these guys. <laughs> you know? They're like my friends. Oh, they're here. They're yeah. with me. Oh, that's yeah. great. Yeah, yeah. And you have like um, I don't know uh, everybody on there. I'm trying to think of of uh, Rodney Dangerfield character. Yes, yeah, totally. Yeah, all of these. Different well, it's randos. great too. Even when they go to have a character that's never going to reappear because they're so out of the world of the show, or they're right. kind of just for a cutaway or a single or moment. They like, die. Like yeah, exactly. <laughs> yeah like, like the wig shop Frank owner. Grimes. Yeah. Like they're always some weird amalgam of like a '60s or '70s like character actor, like yeah. mo- like a, yeah. just a random like, so you like, like you're going to buy bikes. some wigs or ain't you? They're you all know like what I mean? Coen like, Brothers characters. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> well, oh. a great example of a character that started as like a one note that just got brought back so many times that has like arguably some of the best beats of the Homer entire Simpson. series. <laughs> Homer Simpson. Who would have known? Goodbye. They were going to kill him off at the end of season one. It was like Jesse and Breaking uh, Bad. I was going to say Gil. Yes. Gil has a really totally. great recurring right, right, right. beat. Because well, he's just a part of like a almost death like a yeah, yeah. Death, uh, like Death of a Salesman oh, meets some Glenn Gary. Again. Yeah, totally. Yeah. yeah. yeah and that he <laughs> originally appeared in, in the episode where um, Marge becomes a realtor. Yeah, mm. but ever since then, you know, he's, I'm sure the writers love writing for him. Just oh, because it's so yeah, he's often just... quoted by me for sure. Yeah. <laughs> oh, Gil. I just love the tone <laughs> in his voice. It's so good. Yeah, and, and they are like all these great character actors that, you know, normally wouldn't get much play. And I, so I have a deep affection for character actors in general, just for that. And maybe that's why I love the Coen brothers so much. Anyway, I just figured <laughs> oh, out. Oh, no, absolutely. Well, like, even when you hear interest. like, um, like the, when Hank Azaria was on WTF and he was talking about like forming the different characters like oh, Wiggum yeah. being like he's like Edward G. Rob like it's just you like such a Edward G. Robinson yeah. like it's like such a like yeah, see, it's so it's cool like- that they like squeeze all of 20th century American culture like th- and then it's like it's ju- it becomes the Simpsons you know yeah. what I mean like it's such a neat um, God he is so brilliant so cool. as a voice actor and just an actor in general like totally. he's, he's so great Anyway, so I guess what we're saying is the Simpsons is good. I think is our conclusion. (laughs) Yeah, yeah. I think I think the Simpsons is pretty good. (laughs) Have you always kept up with your appreciation of it? Did you ever kind of abandon it? I I think when I went to college and I didn't have TV was sort of when I like fell off of it. Like watching like the each week's episode. I would say probably the last one I remember like watching on a week to week basis was like they had the, like the departed one I feel like maybe oh wow so um, it was kind of so it's been a while since I've like I've 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 actively kept up with it and then you know, I but I do feel like that's gosh. If I ever have oh, this is is it weird that I'm like ooh? If I ever have some catastrophic injury, <laughs> like, I like it would be so cool to just now go in on the app and just like watch. Oh yeah, all of the ones that I've missed because I'm sure there's like so that's much. What it would take so many great. Oh, yeah. Like this is like 16 years of a show that I right, love right, that right. I love that I haven't seen. So it's it would be really cool to get to go back and 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 see where it goes and 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 like all those jokes and stuff like that because mm-hmm. in the times that i have checked back in on it it's been like yeah just e- even in the worst episode you're like there's three amazing jokes or right. two great character moments in them so which is like a much higher batting average than, than any other show can oh yeah can claim yeah, yeah yeah and and i think like there's definitely a changing of the cards that happened like over the course of, of its run and i think you know, to appreciate the Simpsons now, you have to appreciate it by like a different standard, you know, just as like, it's just a good show, but like, it's, it's definitely, it's different. And I think 
that like I don't know that makes me appreciate I would call the golden age seasons two through I will say nine right even more because it's it feels like a, a slightly different show but it's still part of like the same timeline and I don't know it's really interesting I'm I haven't seen a lot of the newer ones but it's interesting to hear little pockets about what's happening now and I remember it's it, I think this would probably inform the rest of my Simpsons like watching the rest of the seasons experience but I remember like when I was like getting into maybe even high school there being that episode where the real Seymour Skinner shows up. Yeah. Right. And then they end up <laughs> literally running him out of town. I the love rails, that. Which, like, I, but I remember at the time being like, I don't think I like this one as much. I think this isn't a good episode. And then seeing it a couple years later and being like, this is the funniest shit ever. I yeah. love this so much. This is so the show. I don't know what I was talking about. Right. So I feel right. like a lot of that, there would probably be a lot of that with, with newer episodes just because you don't have the familiarity with them because you don't have, you haven't seen them a billion times. Right, right, yeah. We got a message from a fan, uh, Jordan Feldick, who had something that has to do with this topic. Uh, the the most, uh, I think, touching is is this. He says, the point I'm trying to make is, yes, the Simpsons aren't what they used to be, but neither are we as people. When we first fell in love with the show, we were just kids, and as we've grown up, we've changed and grown into different people, and the Simpsons did the same. There are bits and pieces of our younger selves that still exist within us. I think the same could be said about the Simpsons. The Simpsons, to me, is like hanging out with an old friend. It's not what it used to be, but there are still moments of familiarity and warmth, albeit it's fairly brief. I thought that was a very yeah, true way of looking at it. I, I, I agree. I think that that's the the best uh, phrased uh, <laughs> defense of modern Simpsons that I've ever heard. Yeah. A, a lot of times I'll hear, um, like, the yeah, the worst episode of The Simpsons now is still better than anything else on TV, which I just think so is... I have, I have favorite shows, you know. Yeah, <laughs> and I don't think that you could fairly judge different right. shows by different calibers. Yeah. Yeah. But I also do think that being, like, that, that just being, like, the Simpsons sucks now is up there with like SNL sucks now in in with just like a thing that anyone can say at any time if they feel like they want to like score a few quick points at a party by yeah. sounding like they have opinions. Do you know what I mean? Right, like, of course. I mean, it's so easy that's and, the and usually not true. Yeah, totally. Yeah, it's, totally. it's so easy uh, to just say this sucks and then like, you know, right. close your laptop totally. and call it a day and feel like you've contributed to something. Absolutely. I think it's way cooler that there are like these institutions that keep going on beyond like the barriers of what we normally think as like, and then that reaches its natural endpoint, like SNL or like the Simpsons, because they just get to be entirely different beasts and grow and change right, and whatever. Right. And, that's, and the idea of like generations upon generations of people like continuing to work on them is like really cool. I'm now making it sound like it's going to be like, I don't know, a fucking like the, like an Aztec temple or something. But like, <laughs> it is really cool for that reason. I feel like they sort of, they transcend the way we judge normal shows once they reach what season yeah. 20. You right, know what I mean? Right. I don't know. It's sort of interesting that way. So Ben Schwartz asked us this question when sure. he was on. Um, and we haven't asked anybody else this or really, I, I hadn't even thought about this before. Um, but how do you think the show will end? Oh my God. I can't even right. contemplate. I, never I didn't even that. want to... Th- I know, I haven't even thought about it because it never even seemed like it was in peril. Right. That it was close to ending. Yeah, I just assume it'll always be around, which is probably wrong. Right. <laughs> it's um, possible. It's, yeah. I will say the thing that that makes me think of is that... I'll, I'll say dumb. 
Uh, you know what? Gosh darn it! I'll say dumb. Yeah. Uh, theory that was like circulating where it was like the, I love this. <laughs> where it's like where it was like Homer's all been like dreaming it or whatever. It's like I, I'm sure that whoever was putting that forth was like doing it somewhat like facetiously or whatever. Right. But like, and then I felt like I was seeing it circulated in a way of like, you know, this could be whatever. And it's like, why can't you just accept that? It's just going forever, and that this year that they're having in third or fifth grade or whatever is just just continues. Like, why can't you right. just accept that? Like, you're accepting that there's yellow people that live right. in a town that exists in no particular state. Why do you have to be like, here's the thing that explains why they never oh, grow up? Like, I, I just like that they don't. <laughs> to me, like how it feels on a thematic level is like when you're a kid, everything does kind of last forever until mm-hmm. it doesn't. Right. Until you are literally 25 and you're like, oops, the clock, <laughs> she is ticking. I definitely. Um, um, when I turned 25. <laughs> <laughs> That's the most common uh, feeling when one turns 25. But um, but you know what I mean? Like, I don't know. I, I did, did you, Ali, did you feel like you liked the, you were like, I, I, I didn't really engage with the, I loved the theory. It. I love, I love anything that is um, a sentimental twist. Like, I think it's just very fun to kind of like, it, like I'm someone who liked the ending of Lost even though I wanted answers. Right. Uh, not to alienate those who have not seen Lost, but... Um, like me. I'm deeply sorry, but... Uh, <laughs> <laughs> there, there are types of things that they're just, just... There's no way to end it except for being extraordinarily sappy, and that's right. kind of what we want. Right. And to end it... That, to have an ending that doesn't require me to, la- to watch the last 16 years, but I still get what's happening, I also really appreciate. So I do kind of like that. Do you, like, only- you like the theory of that Homer's in a coma or whatever? Yeah. Interesting. Was that, was that, were they trying to say like that's how it's going to end? Yeah, that was an idea that oh, they had for how it would Oh, I end. see. Okay, see, this is also me having a half-cocked opinion based on, like, not really engaging with the thing itself, but more, like, seeing things about it and being like, I have an opinion now. Ain't that I don't want any go. information that will... Uh, whatever. That's interesting, though. I do think that would that could be really cool. Yeah. And I think you're probably right. Like, it probably will be something like that because how do you, like you said, like have a thing that isn't them trying to tie together a million threads that don't really right. need to be tied together. Right, right. I mean, The Simpsons isn't a show that uh, was set out to have an arc, like right. a, a grand narrative arc. So I just don't think, I mean, every episode like um, wraps itself up so perfectly and then like regenerates that I just, I mean, I don't think it requires a big dramatic ending. I see them doing a Seinfeld ending, probably. Yeah. Just getting the whole cast together in some way. I mean, Simple. It, it's it's Lisa getting gum in her hair. It's something. Yeah. Yeah. Ending with the family, like we talked you about. You know what would be, I think, really affecting is if you just saw, like, time, like, change. Yeah. Like, hmm. one little bit. You know what I mean? Like, if the kids went into, like, the next grade or something. Oh, you know what I mean? No, like, that would oh, be. I'm dying. Oh, boy. Right? Casey. Like, that would be... <laughs> Oh man! Wow! Like but then maybe that would just be too autumnal day. and sad oh, or whatever. Yeah. No, they, they that's eat hopeful. All grow an inch, and Maggie says right. her first word oh, or second burlap. word. But one of my favorite things is how, and I think that they've maybe dealt with this some amount in the intervening years. In fact, I'm sure that they have. But like, like stuff like the fact that we've now gone past the point where, like, way past the point where. Lisa was supposed to be dating the like British dude that she like Hugh. Yeah, you know what I mean. Like, and I love that episode. They have like the Rolling Stones steel wheelchair poster <laughs> and stuff. Like, yeah, it's a great episode. But I like, I kind of love that now it's persisted past that point. I know yeah. that sort of doesn't really work canon wise. Yeah. It's like so. It's so bit like I don't yeah. know. It's so great. That yeah, episode has is. one of my favorite jokes ever, which is robots crying. <laughs> <laughs> I love that as a joke. 
and I'll write it into almost anything. Yeah, well, not is, almost anything. You, uh, no, totally. quite, quite a bit. The Simpsons, does, quite a bit. Yeah, the Simpsons <laughs> does have a lot of AI malfunctions that are great. It's so good. A lot of AI gone like, wrong. Like, oops, I forgot I was a robot. <laughs> anyway. <laughs> um, this has been so great. I uh, have really loved discussing The Simpsons with UTC. Likewise. Thanks for having me, guys. This was super fun. I did want to ask Chalkboard. Oh, yeah. So if you could have, uh, if you had to write on the chalkboard as Bart for what the lesson of this episode or the podcast oh. is, this podcast Oh, what episode. like the takeaway of Bart on the road is? Yeah. What, what would you say? Um, oh, gorsh. Um, <laughs> then I really had to burp. Um, uh, would be the takeaway. Um, I get like, I don't know, it'd be something about family or something. Cause I do love, as you were pointing out earlier, Allie, how it all kind of dovetails together. And like everyone in the family gets, if not a happy ending, like an ending where the, all of their stories kind of coincide. Yeah. That would be such a, a, a treat. Yeah. Um, I do think the good, the lesson from that Mar- that Marge moment where she's just sort of like smiling is like, Sometimes just let your mom believe or your <laughs> yeah. grandma or your dad. Let them believe like in let that Kurt Vonnegut happy. way, like yeah, a, a, a like uh, a, a benign thing that isn't necessarily true on a literal level. Mm-hmm. Maybe it's true on an emotional level. <laughs> right. Let your mom believe that Bart did go to the grammar rodeo in. Uh, yeah. The Sheraton, Hotel in, <laughs> the Sheraton Hotel, the Sheraton Hotel in Canada. The Sheraton Hotel in Canada. Wow, that's really good. Thank you. Uh, well, thanks so much for being on the podcast. Thanks for Where can me. people find you online? Um, I am at twitter.com slash DC Pearson, D C P I E R S O N. Um, I have written two novels that are both available not only uh, as books, uh, which novels sometimes are, but also <laughs> as, uh, as audiobooks. So if you like listening to stuff and you have all kinds of podcast earned audible credits, they're also on uh, Audible. So check them out. Hooray. Thank Yay. you so much. Bye. Thanks.